It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Okay, uh, welcome in on a uh, Friday as uh, we are on the 10th day of October already. TGIF, uh, no, not TGIF, TGIT, I guess it would be. Taco Tuesday, Throwdown Tuesday. Uh, Patrick is ready for the weekend. From, I am, you don't know, You, if you only knew. Um, we are uh, a couple days away, in fact, less than 48 hours from when we'll be on the air outside of the Town Bank Tower. Uh, looking forward to uh, being there uh thursday for uh what is measuring up to be a pretty stacked patrick johnson show into our pirate game day countdown for bush light uh pilk uh, by the way philip the ref pilkington producing the show again today pilk how's it going everything good i'm great man i got playoff baseball on i got nhl opening days today it's a wonderful day how about you patrick for a sports nerd like pilkington this is uh nirvana in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm just enjoying the beautiful weather. I'm going to look forward to a little uh, little uh, post-show stroll when uh, I get uh, a chance later on this afternoon. Beautiful weather. It is. So uh, that's about what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, it is. And it's about time we have good weather for a home football game. We've had rain at the other ones and uh, crummy weather, but uh, it looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous uh, Philip, you're kind of still finger on the pulse with the students. Uh, is there some buzz that you've been able to pick up on, or are you actually that far removed now from the kids? I would say it? other than Dom, who works here, so obviously he's not going as a fan, uh, I, I would say I'm right. that far removed. So, you know, this is this uh, would be we need to check my with third Dom. year out. So, yeah, we gotta, we have to call Dom. Ooh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. If you're hanging out in third year out. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, Joe's it's in grad borderline. school. You know, he's only a year younger, or two years younger than me. That's not. Well, as you weird, could say but, you're in grad school, yeah. yeah. So, but grad yeah, school yeah. students, I don't think, give the same buzz as the undergrad. You know, they uh, it's always different. You know, people go to grad school somewhere; they always claim their undergrad university. So, right, yeah. Well, we're going to get a pirate report here in a few minutes. By the way, Tim Tebow's coming to Greenville again. And we're going to tell you about all that coming up in a few minutes. And uh, bottom of the hour, Sonny Sunholder will join us on the phone. Uh, schedule a little altered this week with the uh, Thursday night game against SMU. It's a 7.30 kick, 6.30 airtime on the network on 107.9 WNCT. And I will be uh, out at the Town Bank Tower that afternoon uh, getting ready for uh, the uh, – the pregame show, and uh, we'll be on at three. So we're going to come out of Adam Gold. We actually have quite a nice little local lineup, if you think about it, uh, Pilk. Dan Patrick, of course, which is, I know is national, but just a, still a, a great show. You got Igo from noon to one. We'll have uh, Gold from one to three. I'm sure he'll be talking a little bit about the Pirates, I would hope. He'll be in full Canes mode, I'm sure. And then we'll be uh, on from three until 6.30, and then pirate football uh, on the network after that. So I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be uh, exciting. Sounds like a full that's fun my, day. Uh, that sounds like a full fun day. Well, here's some of the guests we have. We just confirmed for 315 on 
Thursday, Cliff Godwin is going to be by. So Coach Godwin will be with us uh, at the beginning of our broadcast. Kevin Williams, the ECU golf coach at 3.30. Uh, we'll talk to ECU track and field coach Kurt Kraft at 4. John Gilbert is going to come by at 4.30. Uh, then at uh, 5, we'll really kick into our pregame uh, mode <clears throat> with uh, T-Cop and Joey Football. And those guys will be around. Uh, Joey Football will be around parts of the show. Pilk will be back in the studio, so we'll be able to talk to to the fellas and that kind of thing. I think Scooter will be out there along with uh, Dom. And then uh, Zoki and Igo. Uh, Zoki at 5.30, Igo will join the show at 6. So that's a, I'd say that's a pretty good lineup. I think it is. It's a wonderful lineup. That's star-studded right there. Of course, none of those names as lineup. big as the P-Man, but, you know, who is, right? Well, exactly. So uh, did I say Zoki? Yeah, Zoki will you be on Zoki, with us yeah. at 5.30. Yeah, so um, no getting bumped for uh, for Holt Nailers this week. By the way, uh, the Holt Nailers show continues. I had people uh, shooting me messages and texts this uh, past weekend saying that uh, you know people had captured uh, clips of that and sent it out. These you know uh, fanatical fans had sent stuff out. Uh, you know where Holton was talking about certain things. I would say go to the IBX Media app. Download that entire thing uh, on the IBX Media app. I've, it would be worth listening to. I thought he had a good time, Pilk. I think we're gonna. I think we'll be able to get him back maybe later in the month or in November, and yep. then maybe in December. I th I'd like to make it kind of a monthly thing where we have him come by and just hang out and talk with us. I think that was cool. I think it was. Well, I kind of hope he's on a roster, but if he's not, then obviously well, no idea. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I, I think if wonderful. he's not, or if, even if he is on a roster at the end of the season, if he's not in a playoff, I mean, in January, it'd be great to have him on. Yeah. Talk a little playoff uh, football. Da, 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 da. Boy, everybody likes to say smart, alecky things on the always anonymous text line, don't they? They, they really oh, 100%. do. 100%. All right. Yes. That's why it's the always anonymous text line. All right. Um, so let's... Uh, Let's get into uh, that. Well, Doug Martin, by the way, tomorrow. So uh, we'll have that, and um, we'll, we'll see how Friday shakes out. Obviously, a lot of post-game analysis and uh, leading you into to football on uh, Friday night. Okay, but right now we have a pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Okay, uh, let's uh, start with football, shall we? And uh, Coach Houston giving an opening statement ahead of uh, SMU week. We got uh, Wednesday afternoon practice this afternoon. Uh, kids have had a good uh, good week so far, so you know excited about uh, getting out there this afternoon. And then tomorrow will be uh, you know a Thursday, kind of sharpen everything up for us before getting ready for for the game Thursday night. So. Uh, obviously, you know, challenging opponent, SMU's quality football team. Uh, they've had uh, some quality wins so far this year and uh, a couple of tight losses against uh, very good opponents. So, uh, big challenge Thursday night. Excited to be back in Daddy Ficklin Stadium Thursday night. Uh, be exciting to get, uh, you know, the student body is always, you know, rowdy for these Thursday night games. So, really looking forward to, you know, the, the Boneyard rocking uh, Thursday night. Uh, the players are excited about to match up and be excited to be on the field. So, looking forward to it. An area where SMU is worlds better than they have been in the past is defensively. 
And uh, Coach Houston says this is the best uh, Mustangs defense since uh, the Pirates have played the Ponies. Very athletic, all three levels. Um, up front, you know, they're, they're down four, you know, two really good rushers on the edge. You know, I feel like Forty's been there for five years. I mean, he's, he's just a very disruptive guy inside. But I just think that they have great length, uh, great athleticism, run really well. Um, pro- probably the best defense that uh, I've seen them have since we've been playing them. And I want to skip ahead, Pilk, to cut five where Coach talks about the SMU offense. I think he's a really good athlete, runs really well, throws it really well. Um, you know, he doesn't, they don't necessarily try to run him as much as, you know, he's able to use his feet when, you know, things break down in the pocket and he can really hurt you. Um, so I think he does a good job. It's a, it's a, a fast tempo, uh, you know, we we faced Garvin Webb earlier this year. I'd say SMU is every bit as fast or faster with how fast they try to snap the football. Um, the, the running back has been dynamic, uh, and you know, I think 13 has been dynamic. They try to get him the ball in a lot of different situations. And then 82, the big tight end, you know, is a, is a, is a great receiving threat. So I just think they have weapons all, all across the board, and the combination of the, you know, the quarterback's athleticism, all their weapons, and then the tempo, uh, will be challenged Thursday night to slow them down. All right, uh, so that'll do it for football on uh, today's Pirate Report. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Uh, do want to get into some basketball here. I think, Pilk, you said you played some of the women's cuts in the show late yesterday. Yeah, we got to uh, When I was on my way over to tiebreakers. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's go with the men today uh, in a good primetime position and I think that's a, a good thing because uh, there's a lot of excitement about uh, Pirate basketball. How about this pick fifth in the preseason? And uh, I, I I would say that's unprecedented. At least in my time knowing about Pirate basketball, it's unprecedented. So I think that's a uh, – and that's about 30-some-odd years. So I, I think that's, that's pretty good that you have an ECU team that is uh, picked – that high uh, in the standings. Really cool stuff. So uh, let's uh, go with Coach Swartz here. And, uh, well, he talked about how the Pirates came together at the end of the season. Let's start with the Jaden Walker cut, 20. And uh, he talked about Jaden Walker and how he stepped in and uh, took over the point guard uh, duties. And the team was really a different team after that. Well, a big piece of that was Jaden Walker, who's not here with us at Media Day, but Jaden Walker had really set into the, settled into that point guard role. At one point, you know, he played 160 straight minutes. He played four games in a row at 40 minutes a game. I think in the Houston game with the media timeout, he got out for about 30 seconds, and then right after he was back in. So he basically played 160 straight minutes. So his command of the point guard position... All right, uh, and then Coach Swartz talking about uh, Ezra Osar, R.J. Felton, who was voted preseason second team conference, all-conference, and uh, Brandon Johnson, and uh, kind of talked about their play at the end of last season. Ezra Osar and R.J. Felton, who are here, their level of game, it continued to rise late in the season. And then Brandon Johnson, that was really a foundational piece for us all year long. So when you look at those four guys and what they did down the stretch last year, I think it allowed us to find, really finally find our rhythm, what we want our identity to be, particularly on defense. And, you know, we played our best, but it's nowhere near where we want to be, obviously. 
And that audio, of course, courtesy of uh, ESPN Plus and their coverage yesterday from the conference. Uh, let's see uh, what it takes to be on top of the AAC. Coach Houston, uh, Coach uh, Swartz, discussing that. Else, we are chasing that though. Yeah. I don't think anybody says it wants to be a race for third or fourth. Yeah. True. I think everybody wants to get to the top. Everyone wants to have an opportunity to play in March. And so for us, it's continuing to build on the experience that we have. We got to build on some of the positives we had last yeah. year. And there were a lot more challenges that we got to fix. And everyone's been doing it since June. But trying to attack, hey, we want to play in March. We want to have a chance to win this conference championship, whether it be regular season or postseason conference. And Coach talked about uh, the preseason excitement and the buzz around Pirate basketball. You know, I think it's the retention piece. I think when we look at everything about uh, the, the positivity or the excitement of, of today is the fact that you, we have eight players back, uh, the consistency of the roster. We obviously added a few guys that we're really excited about, the consistency within the coaching staff. I think we really feel good that in year two, basically, we have the same coaching staff. And then our administration that has poured into our basketball program. So I think all those things go into, you know, some positivity into today. And he talked about having a foundation going into his second year. Our focal point into last year was to somehow try and lay a foundation and a blueprint that wasn't just for year one and then we were restarting in year two. So to have the majority of our team back, eight players, including four to five starters coming back. And, you know, obviously Javon Small was a loss for us, you know, but he went down in January and we played some of our best basketball and conference play after that as guys settled into those roles. And uh, for as far as audio goes, that is uh, today's Pirate Report. Of course, uh, football, basketball. How about a little baseball news? Uh, former baseball standout Bryant Ward and his wife, Anna, have invested 100000 in the baseball building expansion project. They're both alums, of course. Bryant from Greenville. Uh, they met at ECU while they were students. Ward uh, started for uh, Keith LeClaire for four years, teammate of uh, Coach Godwin. And uh, they uh, made the commitment uh, donating to the campaign uh, today. The campaign uh, comprises of several facility projects and renovations for athletics. Uh, that includes the uh, state-of-the-art multi-purpose indoor practice facility, full-length football field. Uh, that includes the uh, Williams Harvey Team Sports Building expansion uh, to enhance the footprint for Olympic sports. Renovations to the lower bowl of Minji's, additional premium seating options, and will be a hospitality space. Expansion uh, of uh, baseball with a larger locker room, team space, and uh, an area for premium seating. So all of that uh, is uh, part of that Pirate Unite, uh, Pirates Unite campaign. And uh, thanks to Bryant and Anna Ward for making their donation. Of course, we all know Bryant is out uh, currently in Los Angeles as an assistant with UCLA. All right, uh, that'll do it for today's Pirate Report. Let's go ahead and grab a uh, break. And when we uh, come back, uh, we'll tell you about Tim Tebow coming to Greenville. Stay tuned. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. All right, uh, we welcome you back in on a uh, Tuesday PJ show. Um, last year, Tim Tebow, you might remember, came to Greenville around this uh, time. And uh, he will be back 
for the uh, annual uh, Aces for Autism uh, charity event that uh, they have. Uh, actually, I think it was a couple years ago he came back. It was 21. We'll get it clear, though. It's the 10th annual fundraiser this time around, and uh, tickets uh, are going to go fast, as you can imagine. Uh, it'll be uh, on uh, October the 23rd, so less than two weeks from uh, today, I think two weeks from yesterday, at the uh, Greenville Convention Center. Uh, the uh, fundraising event uh, will uh, obviously have its uh, money going towards the uh, Aces for Autism, which is a, a fantastic story in itself. Kyle Robinson is uh, with us. He's with Aces for Autism. Kyle, great to uh, have you on again. Before we get into all of this, you you were a big part of Pirate Basketball for a long time. I, you know, I've followed it for 30-plus years. I can't remember a time ECU was picked as high as fifth in the preseason in basketball. I know, I know, Patrick. It's exciting times. Uh, really, really excited for power basketball. Things are going to be really good this year. Yeah. Well, it's you were a long time uh, a guy that uh, behind the scenes ran a lot of things, and uh, uh, you know, through a couple different coaches. So that obviously speaks so well of of you and uh, your abilities. But uh, yeah, I think we're all excited about basketball and looking uh, forward to it. A lot of people are excited about uh, Tim Tebow coming back. Uh, this is really cool. So uh, just so everybody knows, uh, the event, as we said, two weeks from yesterday, uh, from yesterday, it's the 23rd, uh, so we're closing in on it. I imagine tickets are, are probably getting a little scarce, aren't they? Yeah, we, we've had a great response, Patrick. This is our 10th annual event, uh, so we're celebrating 10 years this year, and Super excited to have Tebow back. Uh, he came a couple years ago and got delayed due to COVID, uh, but he came a couple years ago and uh, was just awesome. And uh, we're super excited to have him back. Um, got a lot of sponsorships and the individual tickets now are, are going as well. So we're, we're super excited to have him. We'll have all types of auction items from sports memorabilia. If you're a Braves fan, we've got a, Ronald Acuna jersey signed by Ronald Acuna. Uh, Austin Riley, who hit the big home run last night, I got a jersey signed by him, and all all types of of stuff for for folks to come and um, donate to to a great great cause and, and and take something home with them. And uh, it's Aces for Autism NC.com, the website you can go to to learn more. Kyle Robinson uh, joins us uh, with that. So. We have people that uh, are always joining the vast audience here on the Greenville's number one sports show. And so we, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of institutional knowledge and know a lot of things, but we have to kind of, you know, uh, educate the new members of our audience as we circle through. And I was looking at your uh, staff today and, and going through the website, and boy, this is uh, the, the, the Aces for Austin story is a book or a movie within itself uh, because uh, the way it got started to where it is today and what it's doing is, is amazing. So uh, Kyla, you know, I, I, if you would tell the story again of how this all kind of came about and, and uh, led, led to where we're at a 10th year of, of uh, holding a fundraiser. Yeah. So um, my wife and I moved here back in 2010 uh, to be, I got hired on a, at the basketball staff and, at that time, we were um, 
We've been uh, married for, for three years. I uh, got married before I took the job in Charleston. And when we made the move to Greenville, we wanted to start a family. And uh, Bobby had Samuel, our, our oldest child. And um, about six, seven months um, old, he, uh, my wife, uh, Bobby, just had that natural, you know, motherly instinct. Something wasn't quite right. He wasn't meeting those developmental milestones. And um, so, talked to the pediatrician. The pediatrician was like, "Yeah, let's get him, get him some some um, uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy at Vident." He started that. By the time he was a year old, they added speech. And then the word autism started being brought up, and he got that official diagnosed when he was 18 months old. And we asked the team of doctors at UNC who diagnosed him, hey, if it was your child, what would you do uh, to help him? And they all said the intensive clinic-based behavioral program. So my wife and I, we were like, hey, let's, we're going to do it, and found out there was no funding for it. Uh, there was little to no resources at the time in Greenville. Uh, so my wife, Bobby, quit her teaching job at W.H. Robinson, and her and Samuel would go to Winston-Salem throughout the week for services back to Greenville uh, on the weekends. And kind of through that, um, business leaders in the community, I was a big tennis player at the time at Baywood. Um, different people reached out to us, members from our Bible study, uh, those different pockets of people uh, were reaching out to us, and Bobby and I really were praying about it. And like, hey, let's bring all those group of people together and tell them what's on our hearts. Uh, so it started in August of, of 2014 um, at Baywood Racquet Club. Uh, we met with those groups of people and told them, hey, let's let's bring what Samuel's getting in Winston Salem. Let's bring it to Eastern North Carolina. And it started with a tennis tournament. Or there was nothing like it. Not to interrupt you, Kyle, but you got your wife was having to to make the trek to Winston Salem, and, and it, in case anybody didn't catch that, I mean, that's not in the neighboring town. I mean, that's that was a pretty good haul, especially back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and we we were fortunate. She she was able to stay in with family there at night and come back on the weekends. But you know, it was a three hour trip one way, and. Uh, you know, kind of through that, you know, Samuel started progressing and, you know, we started Aces for Autism. Um, started with that tennis tournament and dinner. We had a dinner at Harvey Hall at ECU that first year and really didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. We put it together in about six weeks and we, we sold it out. And uh, about following year, we had another one. It was bigger. And at that point, we were able to hire our first um, staff person that actually worked with kids in 2015. Um, and then it's kind of snowballed since. Um, now we have uh, 60 staff. We have uh, a new facility uh, in Winterville off Worthington Road that is almost complete that we're super excited about. That's going to have an actual grocery store in it, a food line grocery store that food line has completely upfitted for us. It's going to have a hair salon, a barber shop, a dental office um, apartment in it. And, and the goal for those learning labs is environments that individuals with autism typically struggle in, our staff's going to be able to go with those individuals and help them know step-by-step what to expect. So if a kid or a young adult has a hard time going to the dentist, well, the first time they go in that dental learning lab, the only thing they might do is walk around the room, you know, and then over time they'll get them to sit in the chair and get comfortable and and feel what the chair uh, feels like. Then, Then maybe down the road, 
or turn the light on above the chair and ultimately get them to a point where uh, they feel comfortable, they know what to expect, and they can they can get their teeth clean, they can get their hair cut, they can burn uh, right. independence by making their bed in the apartment and so forth. So we're super excited about that. And I mean, when what you what you and your wife have brought here with with this is not only all the things you talked about that are that are everyday challenges for for certain uh, people with autism, but uh, you've brought a lot of professionals uh, to, to to basically work for this organization. I mean, it's it's remarkable where it's gone. And I, I think back when you said the first, I remember that first fundraiser at Harvey Hall and. Uh, Boy, it's, it's crazy to see how far it's come since then. It, it really is remarkable. Uh, Kyle Robinson is with us. Uh, f- so the Tim Tebow event, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about it. I think you could probably give a, a better layout of what exactly that uh, will entail and then what are the different, you know, levels of uh, commitment as far as uh, being able to, to see that event. And tickets are going very, very quickly, Kyle. So just uh, update the audience on that if you'd be so kind. Yeah, so um, the event starts, so we, we do have sponsorships that businesses, individuals can can purchase. It's all on our website, acesforautismnc.com. There's also individual tickets. Uh, so depending on the, the layout of the night, there is a, there's a dinner for specific sponsorship levels if you want to contribute a certain amount. Um, then there's a silent auction that opens up. Uh, it'll be on the Handbit app, which... You can actually start looking at items uh, next week and to see the items on the handbid app uh, that people can can bid on. And we have everything from tons of sports memorabilia to to jewelry to pottery that our kids at Aces for Autism make uh, that that people can purchase bid on uh, to support Aces for Autism. And then the actual program starts at seven o'clock on the twenty third. And uh, Tim Tebow Hill. He'll have a inspirational message. Um, at the end of his message, he'll he's actually going to auction off some stuff himself that that he's donated uh, a couple signed jerseys and and some other uh, items that that he's he's bringing with him. Um, and it's uh, it's such a great night. We'll we'll also somebody will walk out with um, a diamond ring. We have a, a diamond ring raffle every year that uh, someone always wins wins a ring and gets to go yeah. home with that. But most importantly, you know, uh, people that attend will actually get to hear stories of families that we impact each and each and every day, and uh, it's really cool to to have them a part of it and and hear those stories of how how they're being impacted by Aces for Autism. How did Tim Tebow get involved in, and then for him to come back? I mean, I think that obviously speaks of of the organization's mission and and what it's doing. I mean, we know he's a uh, a charitable guy, but uh, how, how did it come about that Tim Tebow found you and, and ended up coming to Greenville, North Carolina a couple of years ago? Yeah. So uh, six, seven years ago, we were still, we started out serving kids and families out of Oakmont church here in Greenville in their preschool week. And the president of Tebow's foundation was actually in Greenville on a business trip. And mm-hmm. wherever he travels, he likes to visit local charities just to see what they're doing in their communities. And Aces for Autism got brought up, so coordinated a, a tour of our of our space at Oakmont at the time. And you know, after after that tour, uh, he said, "Hey, Kyle, what you guys are doing 
is right in line with what Tebow's all about, you know, um, special needs community, uh, faith-based, um, you know, let's, let's go to dinner. So we went to dinner with them that night, uh, kind of continued that relationship communicating. And a couple of years later, I'm like, Hey, we got to get Tebow to, to Greenville, um, lined it all up and COVID hit and then it delayed. Um, but finally got Tebow here a couple of years ago and he had a great time and, uh, was as, you know, there's everybody asks, Hey, well, you know, are they different than the way they present themselves on TV TV? And I can tell you mm-hmm. 100% Tim Tebow is even more than what you think he is on TV. He's the nicest, most genuine person there is. I mean, um, great guy and, uh, had a great time and we're like, Hey, we'd love to have you back in a couple years and continued that communication and was able to make and it he's here. For, for this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's here. It's amazing. It's awesome. Kyle, again, I think what ACES for Autism has done uh, and your commitment, your wife's commitment, everybody's commitment that that is a part of this is, uh, again, storybook stuff. And uh, you, you and, and Samuel, Samuel's a teenager. He's about to be, right? Yeah, he, he's 12 years old. And, uh, you know, he's, he's he's the one that's, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I, I, I always remember, go back to, how it started and Bobby and I being in a really, really dark place and really didn't have a lot of hope. And, uh, you know, um, you know, God over time showed us, you know, he had a, you know, he had already written Samuel's story and how he was going to impact people. And, uh, it's, it's a story of hope and, um, that the kids can make improvement, that they can be impactful. They can change their community and, Samuel's story has not only here in Greenville, but through the legislator getting autism reform passed over the years, different types right. of bills, yeah. open up access to the families, not even, not even just in Greenville, but the, the entire state of North Carolina. And um, we're proud of him and who he is as a young man now. Hey, uh, Kyle, I uh, hope everybody will go to acesforautismnc.com and, uh, and, um, buy a ticket to attend the event. Tim Tebow will be there. So that alone is, uh, is certainly worth, uh, investing in and going, but, uh, this is a a tremendous, uh, impactful center that, uh, essentially is right here in Greenville, which, uh, is world-class and, uh, you all have done amazing work. Uh, we'll see, I'm sure at some basketball games. And, uh, if there's any info we need to pass along between now and the event, uh, please don't hesitate to let us know. Thanks so much, Patrick. All right. Great to talk to you, Kyle. Take care, buddy. All right. I tell you, you what, Pilk, let's you. break. We'll come. Yep. I tell you what, Pilk, uh, why don't we take a break? We'll come back with uh, Pilk with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. And then uh, Jay Sonalder for the rest of the hours. On the phone. I'm sorry, ladies. No video today if you're with us on the video platform. Just sunny on the phone. But you can listen to his docile tones. Uh, after a couple of timeouts sandwiched in between, the ref, Philip Pilkington, will have a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. So we'll be right back on the PJ Show. Stay tuned. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 
All right. Uh, Hilk, did you do an update? I did. You were pointing to you. Oh. I saw did you, you do po- the update, though? No, I haven't done it yet. I thought I was going to. You said to do it oh, during the next well, I segment. thought when you played the liner, I thought you wanted me to come back. I thought ah, you would just go right into the apologize. update. Yeah. I apologize. I apologize. That's bad. all right. I thought you. I thought you already done it. You wanted me back. I was. I was talking to some of the staff here in the, in the uh, Blue Door Studios. Talking to All the right, boss um, in the sta- in that in that the room, Pink Door Studios. Like, yeah, Pink Door Studios, the Coral Studios. All right. Uh, well, here's Philip the Ref Pilkey with the ninety four three the game sports flash update and pirate report. Pilk. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report. We are just two days away from the Pirates hosting SMU on the gridiron. The Mustangs of late have relied on their offense to do the bulk of the scoring and win them ballgames, but this year it's been all about the Mustangs' defense. So much that Coach Houston says this is the best defense they've had since he took over at the helm of the ECU Pirates. Very athletic, all three levels. Up front, you know, they're, they're down four, you know, two really good rushers on the edge. You know, I feel like Forty's been there for five years. I mean, he's, he's just a very disruptive guy inside. But I just think that they have great length, uh, great athleticism, run really well. Um, pro- probably the best defense that uh, I've seen them have since we've been playing. And Panthers arch rival Atlanta has added to their wide receiver depth today as they sent a fifth-round pick to the Rams for wide receiver Van Jefferson and a seventh-round pick. The Arizona Cardinals have put running back James Conner on the injured reserve list after he suffered a knee injury in this past week's loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Carolina Hurricanes have made a trade already before the season has even begun as they sent defenseman Caleb Jones to Colorado for forward Callahan Burke. Burke was not listed on the opening day roster, which came out earlier today. The Canes are prepared to host Ottawa tomorrow in the season opener. Looking over at Major League Baseball, two games going on today, both as part of the American League Divisional Series. Currently, the Houston Astros are up 5 to nothing on the Minnesota Twins. The Strohs put up four in the first inning thanks to a three-run blast from Jose Abreu. There's one more game going on later tonight. Texas Rangers lead the Orioles two games to none. They will try and wrap up that series tonight. They will send Nathan Navaldi to the mound while Dean Kramer is on the mound for the O's. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Jason Halter to talk pirate football and more. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome in. Great to have you with us here on the uh, PJ Show Tuesday. And don't forget, tomorrow, Doug Martin will be on the uh, program with us. And uh, see who else. I thought we might have another guest. Let me check on that. No, it'll be just Doug Martin tomorrow. Uh, of course, we have a huge lineup for Thursday. We'll tell you more about that, obviously, uh, tomorrow. But uh, we'll be on at 3 o'clock from the Town Bank Tower. All right, ladies, I'm sorry. Sonny Sunholder is traveling this week. So no video if you're with us on that platform, but he is on the phone with us. ESPN Plus college football analyst Jay Sonhalter is on the line. Sonny, how's it going? I'm doing good, buddy. How's it going your way? You know, uh, interesting. couple of interesting midweek games going on. Uh, Coastal at App tonight. Now, Coastal's had a tough season under Tim Beck. Uh, and App is, you know, App, it's a kid brewer. I wonder what the... I wonder what the atmosphere will be like on a Tuesday night up on the mountain or whatever they say. 
Well, I think they probably started tailgating about six hours ago, so I'm sure it'll be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so we've got uh, the Pirates at SMU, uh, 7.30 ESPN Thursday. Uh, West Virginia and Houston are also playing that night on FS1. That's kind of interesting, maybe. I don't know. That, that That's interesting only because it's Dana going against his old team, right? Yeah, well, and, and, and how about Neil Brown at West Virginia? Probably, you know, maybe saving his job. He was on the hot seat. Yeah, four and one right. Yeah, now, you did, so. you did a game up there, and he was in some real trouble, wasn't he? Oh, big big trouble! But the way they're playing right now, they're picked dead last in in uh, the Big Twelve, and they're four and one. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be they're going to be a tough out for Holgerson. Yeah, uh, SMU East Carolina. Obviously, uh, SMU has some defense to go along with uh, that offense now. So I, I think SMU. If there's going to be a team that could maybe kind of put a challenge into this thing for Tulane, I, I just have a feeling SMU could be the one. Uh, now, I know they've lost a couple games, but, you know, they were at Oklahoma and at TCU, and uh, they already get 1-0 in conference. So I, I just – the offense has always been there for the Mustangs. It's just now they got a little bit of defense, actually pretty good defense to go along with it. Yeah, that's the biggest difference. I mean, usually in the past, it's been the offense, and they tried to outscore people. Um, and you look at that Oklahoma, the TCU game, I mean, those games are relatively close. So it, it just goes to show you that I think this year's team is a little bit different. So coming coming on the road for SMU, you know, it'll obviously be a different schedule for them, different being on the road. But this is a challenging team the Pirates are going against. And I just think for ECU, you know, Patrick, the, the thing for them is, you know, there's so many different areas of the game we can dissect. But the number one thing to me is when you're going against a really good team, you have to protect the ball and you have to win the turnover battle. For to win, the Pirates have to win that area Thursday night. Um, let me see what else we got here. Uh, Tulane at Memphis. That is Friday night. Uh, that'll be another ESPN game. Jason Older. Uh, ESPN college football analyst, one-time ECU tight end, and uh, the eternal thorn in my side is with us here on the uh, show. Uh, somebody described us as the black cat uh, golden retriever, and I said, I love golden retrievers. And they said, well, no, Sonny's the golden retriever. So I, I guess I'm the black cat in that, in that uh, scenario. Is that right? We should do a poll. Although I think there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt you're the lovable one. There's no two ways about that. All right, Tulane at Memphis. Uh, is Memphis for real? I don't think they are, but what do you think? I think Tulane is more for real than Memphis. <laughs> so I do think Memphis is much better this year, even though they've gotten off to a good start. I'll, I'll believe it at the end of the year. I just think Tulane is solid in all three phases, and I, I think this is – you know, until somebody knocks off Tulane, I still think they're the best team in the American. All right. A couple of interesting games uh, this weekend. Jason Alder, as we talk about the college football weekend uh, ahead. Uh, Oregon at Washington. That's a top 10 matchup, and that is for Pac-12 supremacy, at least uh, in October. Uh, Washington's really good. It's a good football team. I mean, both teams. Oregon's playing real defense. I, I think yeah, Oregon's that's another kind of, team that's playing some defense. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the, I mean, I know those two are going against each other, but when you look at the Pac 12, USC gets kind of the, the notoriety 
I think they're probably the third best team there. I think Oregon and Washington, the top two teams yeah. in that league. And Utah. And if got, Utah you know, were healthy, I think you. Yeah. yeah. If, if Utah were healthy, I think they might be the best team. But but at least right now, I think it's Washington and and Oregon. And so that'll be a heck of a game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I, really I mean, that atmosphere is going to be wild because that rivalry up there is crazy in the you know in the Northwest. Um, I just think it's going to come down to you know how good how much can Oregon's defense stop Washington's offense? Now, Washington's offense has like four first-round picks, you know, Pinnock's and then two wide receivers and alignment. So they're loaded. But yeah. I think this Oregon defense is for real. So that that's going to be an interesting matchup. All right, we got Jay Sunholder with us. A couple of uh, things here uh, in our final few moments visiting with you here today. Um, it was announced last week that the NCAA is going to make it a 45-day window to get into the transfer portal. 30 days after the regular season, 15 days after spring ball, it cuts it back. What do you think of, of that? That seems to, that seems to be the happy medium hearing coaches talk about it. And to me, it makes the most sense, but what do you think, Sonny? Well, I think the more kind of the more guardrails there are, because right now it's like the wild, wild West. It's just, everything's crazy with the portal NIL. And if any coach is talking honestly about it, nobody likes it. You know, they say they like it because they have to appease recruits and, um, you know, kind of have that um, flexibility, you know, as far as making it seem like they're. Well, I think it comes down to the coaches who really have bought into it because it's what they've got to do. And they like the idea of getting older players and and experienced players, but they also don't. The ones that are working the portal probably love it. The ones that are losing talent to the portal hate it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think all coaches would rather not have to do it, but the ones that are, you know, I mean, I think they'd rather just recruit their kids and know that they're going to stay, but the ones you're right. I mean, the ones that are embracing it are going to be the ones that have a leg up on it. And I I think they're happy though, because at least putting some guardrails up and they know the time period that, you know, everything's going to be happening. So, I mean, I don't think it's a solution, but I think it is for those coaches that embrace it, they're going to be happy with it. So we had Mike Oresco, the American commissioner, on the show yesterday, and uh, without saying that uh, Army looks to be the football addition that they want to make with SMU leaving next year, uh, he said Army is the football addition that they seem to want to make for next year when SMU leaves. So uh, how do you think Army would contend in the AAC, Sonny? Was Army still in Conference USA when you came along, or was that the end of that run? They were they were independent. Yeah, they weren't okay. in conference USA. Um, okay, you know, because that was a disaster think, for them, and that and that took them forever to dig out of that. Yeah, I mean, how do I think they're going to fare? I mean, middle yeah. middle middle of the pack, probably. I mean, that that's where can I they think compete? they're going to lie. I think they can compete, but I mean, I don't think I don't see them in the top three three teams in the league. I mean, what do you where do you stand on that? I think it is hard for Navy and Army in the days of NIL, and I think yeah. it is hard because if you scout that offense, because you know this, you're getting you're getting tape year after year after year if you're a conference foe. So that's where you build your scouting report off of in a lot of cases. And with them, even if there's a coaching change, the offense doesn't change too much. Now, Army has thrown it a little bit this year, which I think is interesting. But by and large, they're still, you know, the meat and potatoes offense yeah. that Navy is. 
and and, and well, maybe he's thrown it a lot yeah. this year. But yeah. I, I think you kind of have to. I think you need those wrinkles. But I think nationally, it's it's a big deal because then that Army Navy game would be under the banner of the American Conference. I think that is the to me that's the thing that has to be worked out. How right. do you have? I mean, because they let's, theoretically they could play in the championship game of the American, but they always the, the two want to have that last individual weekend to themselves and and it's fine it's the middle of december it's before the bowl season begins but you know i I think you do you make that a non-conference game maybe i think you do i think you have to well i i think i mean i think that they would be able to compete like navy navy is right now i just think because of your points i mean that's a great point when you're in that league teams know you they study they prepare and, and they know you're tendency they know you know they know the coaching staffs what they want to do when you're facing them every year that would be a disadvantage of being in the league but i just think with army and navy they're so disciplined that th- no matter what their talent level is they're going to compete i just don't think they could finish at the top of the league i do think though having that brand would be would be huge for the american having army and navy in the conference all right, give me some keys to the game for the Pirates this uh, Thursday against SMU. Well, number one, turnover battle. I mean, I just think SMU is a really good team. We have to win the turnover battle. we got to protect the ball, and then we're going to have to get turnovers from them. I also think in this ball game, time of possession is going to be important. I don't think every game yeah. time of possession is a huge deal, but anytime you're playing a good offense, what's the best way to slow them down? Keep them on the sideline. So I think the Pirates have to run the ball and they've got to win the turnover battle. If they do those two things, they can win. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other factors in the game, but those are the two biggest things that I would be focusing on is, you know, the rushing game and, uh, you know, slowing this offense down, keeping them off the field, and then, uh, you know, creating some turnovers. Great to have you on, Sonny. We'll talk to you uh, Monday, back on your familiar time of Monday with us, with video, hopefully, so the ladies will not be disappointed. (laughs) I'll be back Monday. I'll give you a video, all right? All right. See you, Sonny. There he goes. The great Jay Sunholder, ladies and gentlemen, college football analyst for ESPN and ESPN Plus. All right. Good show today. Thanks to Kyle Robinson. Don't forget the Aces for Autism event coming up with Tim Tebow in less than two weeks. Tickets are scarce. You can go to acesforautismnc.com to pick up your uh, tickets to that uh, gala at the Greenville Convention Center on the 23rd. Uh, thanks to Jay Sonalder, Philip the Ref Pilkington. Great job as always. We'll talk to Doug Martin tomorrow. Some uh, football chatter with him. Some more audio from Basketball Media Day and uh, the coordinators and uh, a lot to get to on this truncated week on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, and of course, we'll be out there beginning at 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon outside the Town Bank Tower. Cliff Godwin uh, will be with us around 3.15 that day. Uh, We'll talk about the Pirates in their fall scrimmage against Clemson, which is coming up Sunday at 1. Clark LeClaire Stadium open to the public. Time out uh, for 23 hours on sports. We'll see you tomorrow back here at 5. And in the morning, in the morning on Talk of the Town, Talk 103.7 and 96.3. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody.